1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes
2: and fees may vary
3: we're coming to you live from the rocket mortgage studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it rocky can so glad to have you do we have a pull up there samter pull up which is what would be worse for the raiders you lose to the jeff saturday colts or you lose to the maybe baker mayfield los angeles rams I mean, now they would have to actually lose the game tonight, which they cannot do. But if they did, I would say losing to Baker would be so much worse than losing to Jeff Saturday. It's not just Baker who arrived two days ago. It's Baker. It's no Cooper cup. It's no Aaron Donald. It's obviously no Matthew Stafford. If Baker's in there, it's just this no dip- John Walford and, and no John Walford. Right. You get him, get yeah. we had
4: moments last week. He looked pretty good. He's pretty high end backup. Yeah. That would, by the way, if you're the Raiders, you probably want to see Baker. I I am maintaining that Baker is going to be spectacular tonight. I know. But if you are the Raiders, you are are hoping John Walford is not in there. (laughs) Because Walford is a competent NFL quarterback. Who knows the playbook?
3: (laughs) This is what, yeah, this is what the Raiders are up against. Now, it's only going to be up to them. Like, if they get tight, it would be them, like, blowing the game. It's not because, like, the Rams are going to be the better team out there. The Rams are so injured, and this title defense has been such a flop for them. Um, it's whether or not the Raiders rise to the occasion. So you can go to at Maggie and Pearl, go vote there. Okay. Looking ahead to Sunday's slate Pearl off. There's a lot of really good games and a lot of interesting ones. Obviously we talk about bucks 49ers, which has a lot of great storylines. Eagles giants ends up being kind of an interesting game. Could be fun. Vikings lions ends up being fun. We got Browns Bengals ends up being fun. Of course, jets bills, but four Oh five window, Kansas city chiefs at the Denver Broncos. And It just couldn't be going worse here for the Broncos. We know that the season is over. They're just playing out the string. They're 3-9. and Only the Houston Texans have a worse record in the AFC. Everything's just been an outright disaster, and they are a a 9.5-point underdog at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Russell Wilson, there's nowhere to hide. You know, this was such a massive trade and the contract on top of it. The Broncos might not be relevant right now, but Russell Wilson and his future are absolutely still on the table. So do you look at the season? Is it just a bad season for Russell? Or has he done some serious damage to his legacy?
4: The way I look at it is just a an injury plague season for the team. They had the wrong coach, throw it out and start over next year. Kind of like, remember, I think... I don't have the record, but I think the first year Peyton got to Denver was a disaster, as I recall. Just throw that out I think he took a long time to get comfortable in Denver. I, I think you could – I thought
3: Peyton won the MVP when he got there.
4: I think that was second year, right? Or maybe I'm misremembering. Mis-
3: mis- Samter will look it up.
4: But I, I feel like Denver could get a new coach. They could get all those receivers back next year, get all those linemen back next year, and sign some new linemen. I mean, obviously, their offensive line is the biggest problem. Get a running back.
3: Think about what you're asking to do. What you're describing, though. No, that's not
4: a big deal. I'm just saying normal guys come back to the lineup who haven't been there all year. That's totally normal.
3: Okay, but when they were healthy, I know Tim Patrick got lost in in training camp. Yeah. But when they were healthy, they couldn't move the ball.
4: Well, Garrett Bowles, how many games did he play? They've been. They've been. No, I was talking about the
3: receivers. Yes, you want to overhaul the offensive line. Some teams, it takes multiple off seasons to be able to do that. Not everybody can fix that in one year.
4: I don't think they've had Sutton and Hamler on the field at the same time. They've not been healthy. There's been nothing resembling health the entire season. Even go back to week two. I think they were all starting to get injured. They've had the most guys going IR in the entire league. There is a chance. I mean, they can't be worse, Maggie.
3: Well, I mean, uh, how could
4: they possibly be worse? And also, okay, this is where I've been saying it's controversial. Russell has not been that bad. In fact, there's been moments over the last two weeks where he's been incredibly accurate, made a lot of plays. He can't, he can't or won't run like he used to, but there are still signs of a of a good quarterback in there. I mean, look at his numbers; they're not terrible.
3: He's sixty percent completion percentage. Which...
4: But look at him the last last three weeks. He was bad two weeks ago, but against Carolina, that game was a total nightmare. But he's had two weeks. That are, Two out of the last three weeks, he's completed 80% of his passes.
3: Okay, so he has 77% against the Las Vegas Raiders, and then he has 77% against Baltimore, who lost Lamar Jackson in the first quarter of that
4: game. Yeah, but that and game. And they still lost. So that game, Russell was fine. They just couldn't run for more than one yard at a time. I think they have the worst run attack in the league. There's a lot going wrong in Denver. I don't even think people are putting it all on Russell right now. I know he's the face of that team, but. Isn't Hackett the first problem there?
3: Well, I mean, Hackett's going to be the easy sort of... Yeah. He's the easy sacrifice to make. Definitely. Because you haven't committed a quarter of a billion dollars to him, first and foremost. And secondly, no one really knew Nathaniel. You have to be a pretty diehard... I mean, I know we know Paul Hackett, his yeah. father. You have to be a pretty diehard NFL fan, I think, too. He's not like a superstar coach. No, no. He know? doesn't
4: have the name recognition of even uh, Josh McDaniels that we were talking Absolutely about earlier. not, right. But I feel like Russell Wilson has grabbed Hackett and shoved him in front and say, take this guy away first. <laughs> that we'll see what it is.
3: Okay, so here's a question. Yeah. If you are a coach and say, listen, Russ is going to have a big say, I'm sure, on who the next coach is. You commit that mm. kind of money to him, he's automatically going to have a lot of say. It's not a tradable contract. You're in with Russell Wilson, so you might as well find the coach that he likes. Do you think that this is an attractive job because you do have Russell Wilson and guys getting healthy and everything you said? or is this not an attractive job because Russell Wilson whether you think he's played well in the last 3 weeks or not he's clearly not himself and you're a coach now who has to your job is to make Russell Wilson great and so like if you're a Sean Payton is that mm, attractive no, to no, you no, no, or no. not attractive
4: no this is that remember we had James Palmer from the NFL Network come on before the season he yeah, said the Denver, Denver the Denver Broncos offensive line is a problem and it's going to be a problem for Russell Wilson Peyton always had all pro guys around him on the offensive line. He had uh, Jari Evans and that whole crew of uh, he's not going to want this. This is this is too much of a rebuild. I, I think Peyton wants to be somewhere different. I, I think. I don't think he'd take that. Okay,
3: so you're talking about, all right, we just got to get a better coach in here, and a lot of these yeah. ills are going to be fixed. I'm asking you, where is that coach coming from? Frank Reich. Do you, it, do you have a lot of faith in Frank Reich?
4: Yeah, I like Frank Reich a lot. Okay. I mean, Frank Reich's a hot name for every team now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because of just, because we know him?
4: Well, people want offensive coaches. Frank Reich had a lot of success in Indianapolis, made the playoffs. I think he would stabilize this team in a way that Hackett, who had never coached before, clearly did not. Hackett wasn't ready to be a head coach. Frank Reich, we know, can be a head coach. I think you're going to see a name like that. And Frank Reich can run an offense, right? What's wrong with that name? It seems, see, I'm not shooting for the stars necessarily. I just want some confidence in this in this building to see what happens.
3: Yeah, that, that that's kind of a, a low bar. I mean, I like Frank Reich also, but I mean, it's not bad.
4: I mean, okay. So, do you want to let Sean McVay, some thirty-two-year-old Zach Taylor type, well, who's I an offensive s- genius?
3: See, I don't know if that's going to fly though. Is that what Russell Wilson wants? Do you think that he wants to be coached by someone who's around his own age?
4: No, I think Wilson lost all the power. I don't think. I think the ownership group. About that. I think the ownership group's going to say, you know, Russ. Sorry. Sit this
3: one out? Sit no this one out. Chance. I mean,
4: Russ picked Shane Waldron in Seattle and had no success with him.
3: I know, but they just committed this amount of money to him. They,
4: that... don't care. they do not care. I don't think the 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 Waltons, what did they care about, Russell Wilson? Does? I mean,
3: I don't even think they even want to run the team. The guy who owns it has no idea how to pronounce Roger Goodell's last name. I mean, this is not exactly football fanatics here.
4: Well, they're all – you came in there at the facility every day doing some ch- charity video now. They're, <laughs> they've jumped in with – but if you, once you get a taste of that fame, you're in... I don't know. And who's Russell going to want? Why Frank Wright could be great. I think you have to bring in an offensive coach. That is clear. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the defense is really good already. So bring in... Give me... What kind of, what kind of coach would Russ want? I don't know.
3: A- I think it's a Sean Payton kind of thing. I think you need somebody who's also won a Super Bowl yeah. to have the gravitas because, again, you might poo-poo it or dismiss it. I can tell you just from talking to players whose contract is the biggest that plays in terms of who has influence. And if you have Russell Wilson and his contract is by far the biggest, that means that he has, he has power and he's not going to listen to somebody who, you know, is a barely no name or someone who's there on a two year deal with an option for a third. Come on. They, they, Russell Wilson's going to be there longer than anybody. They have to bring in somebody who he will listen to.
4: So Frank Reich, I'm assuming Sean Payton's going to say no to this job. I don't know. Yes, you definitely that's your first offer. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I see Sean Payton wants something different, this something is, warmer.
3: This, well, I mean, this is not going to be an easy. If uh, if they fire Nathaniel Hackett, this is not going to be an easy uh, job to fill. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two. Four two two seven. All right, so Peyton's first year in Denver. Um, thirty seven touchdowns, eleven interceptions. He won comeback player of the year. The second year in Denver Zanu won the MVP. It was pretty good that first year. They went thirteen and three.
4: Well, not that <laughs> thirteen
3: and three, thirteen and three, twelve and four, and then seven and two, but that was the season that he went to the Super Bowl.
4: Okay. So I'm looking at some candidates here for the the Broncos front job. Yeah. Uh, Peyton obviously, would be the number one choice. Frank Reich is listed here as the second choice. Uh, then would you get the best coordinator? Like, you're saying you need somebody who's won before. So a, a former head coach?
3: I mean, I think there's someone who's associated with winning. I mean, Frank Reich is associated with winning. He won with the Eagles as the offensive
4: player. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But maybe. You Who know, else
3: we- is on that list? That's it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Payne, Frank Reich, and whoever the best coordinator is?
4: Yeah, it basically says, uh, yeah. It actually, oh, this is not good. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Gannon is one of them. Oh, boy. Um, I gonna, guess. you get
3: a first-time guy who you're elevating from coordinator to coach again? And Chain
4: Steichen, they have, too.
3: So just raid the Eagles. Is what raid the, the that's, Eagles. That's the plan.
4: Uh, what about Dan Quinn? Do he's going to be. Is not the first hire next year?
3: Maybe. But again, that's a defensive-minded yeah. guy, which I don't mind, but I think there's a bit of a stigma here. Eight five five two one two four 4 cbs Eight five five let us go to Joe. He's in New Jersey. Joe, what's up?
5: Hey, guys. Um, just wanna say, I just want to say I actually love your show because I, I, I refuse to almost watch any of the other ones because when you guys give opinions, I, I know who your teams are, but when you say things, you give me football information. Not Thank a, you, 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 buddy. You know, like I'm an Eagles fan or I'm a Bills fan. I'm a diehard Giants fan. I've been 57, following them forever. Uh, had season tickets until two years ago when my father passed, so mm-hmm. I didn't see the point anymore. Plus, I'm old and I'm cold. But
3: that's <laughs> a, that, <laughs> You know, going out so, there to bet life it's windy. I'm with you.
5: Hey Joe, yeah, I, you know I have like an eighty-inch TV here in my room, <laughs> so I'm good with that. Nice and comfy. Joe, and, can um, I ask
4: you wait a couple questions, so real quick? Yeah. Do, do you remember that uh, the miracle of Meadowlands and the play where Deshaun Jackson don't returned do the punt? Don't it, pump? Joe's being I, so I, nice do I remember as...
5: it. Like, are you trying to kill me or something? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, I'm no. still throwing up about it, there, Mr. Perla. What about when <laughs> Randall
4: got out of Carl Banks' grip?
5: Don't do it, are <laughs> <laughs> to it... and get me on that, because I don't know that the Eagles have just had our number ever since. You know, ever since I was five and uh, Sarchek <laughs> the fumbled then you guys scored it like it's been over since standing.
4: You guys got plenty of Super Bowl championships. <laughs> yeah, we got four so of
5: Super Bowls and I good. have it tattooed on my arm. So. You're nice. good, Joe. You you're go. good, Joe. I, I, I am a guy. I, I bleed blue and I really do. And listen, uh, Mr. Perler, if we're playing you guys this week. Oh, yes. I'm also a football realist. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be cocky and sit here and say like... We're, like, the reason I called is, like, you were talking about the whammies and betting this and that. Yeah. The Cowboys fans are the perfect example. Every year they're winning the Super Bowl, and every year they don't. <laughs>
3: yeah. I like, Joe, that you and Perloff can both bond over a mutual hatred of the Cowboys.
6: Yeah.
5: Well, I mean, yeah, we both hate the Cowboys. Let's face it, we both hate each other's team, yeah. but... You know, we, I we see really a bunch of the studs on the Eagles. I'll tell you what has surprised me. Not that Hurts is so good, right? It's that he did it so fast. I like, know. It, it, you know, I watched him play in college. He's talented. I'm not shocked he got to this point. He just did it like, you know, we beat you guys last year. And he didn't play that good. Well,
4: I'm worried about that 13-7 game from last year right at this point of the season. I'm worried the Eagles might have a letdown. This will be a close game. Because, you know, Joe, divisional games, anything can happen. Not just Eagles-Giants, any of these games.
5: I mean, it's the NFL. I I can't be totally shocked if we beat you at home. We probably have to have a perfect game. And you guys would probably have to mess up but the thing the reason I know you guys have a good team this year is when you're winning games you should have lost you should have lost that Colts game yeah you pulled it out and that's a sign to me you're going to the Super
4: Bowl Joe real quick one more yes or no is Daniel Jones a quarterback for the Giants next season
5: well you don't want to ask me because I've been on board with him since day one I think too many people look at the record and not the tools and I said this about Eli when everybody bashed him when he came up Daniel Jones is the reason we won five games last year or four games, not in spite of him. You can't give a guy a line like that. He's got a finally got an average offensive line and he he's cut down on the turnovers. He's got an arm. How many passes have these guys dropped on him this year? Yeah, And he still has us at seven and four. Yes. I'm a firm believer in the talent. I see. I am.
3: There you go, Joe, looking forward to the game this weekend. It's in uh, the meta. It's in MetLife stadium. Eagles are favored by seven. Um, I didn't mention the other great game for the weekend that we'll get into later, which is obviously the Sunday night game, Dolphins-Chargers. Feels like the world is hanging on Dolphins-Chargers. See you guys on the phones. Quickly, let's get to Jeffrey in Hawaii. Jeffrey, what's up, dude?
2: Hey, aloha. How you doing?
3: Hey, aloha. How's it going?
2: Very good. Look, you know, I I understand people giving Russell Wilson a pass and, and, and beating up on Hackett. You know, I'm a blue and orange and blue through and through Bronco fan my entire life. Russell Wilson is atrocious. His third down uh, ability to get first downs on third down is awful. His inability to score touchdowns when he's in the red zone is just, he's just awful. $250 million does not buy you a pass. Yeah, but
4: he never, first of all, it's third and nine on. Every single third down because they've run some terrible running back into the line. And then who's he throwing to in the red zone? And that's Hackett's fault. The red zone play calls are just awful. They're the worst.
2: No, you know. Yeah, but an all-star quarterback finds a way to make it work. I mean, you know, I I remember in the preseason listening to all the talk show radio, people talk about how great the Broncos were going to be. How amazing Russell Wilson was going to be. You even made a comment that really stuck with me when you said, "You know, is he going to be willing to play for somebody that's his same age? He should be willing to play with anybody <laughs> who he that will make the team better, yeah,
3: you're right and, about that, and Jeffrey. Don't
2: make excuses for him, you know
3: what i I'm with Jeffrey on this one. It's like you this is why you pay the guy a quarter of a billion dollars is because you think that he's going to be the rising tide now, I know he can't overcome everything. But to be honest, the defense has held up their end of the bargain this year. They really have. This has been a good defense that when you pay a star quarterback, you're expecting that they're going to deliver on their end of the bargain. The defense has held up their end of the bargain. The offense has been woeful. I mean, awful. Jeffrey's right. And Russell Wilson has to wear that. We got to take a quick break, though. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up, you guys obviously have heard the news today. Incredible news. Brittany Griner is now coming home. She's on a flight, I believe, right now from the United Arab Emirates. Coming home, she's been released from a Russian prison. Julie Kliegman is a writer for Sports Illustrated. She has been following this story since Brittany Griner's arrest. We're going to get her thoughts on everything that went down today with the prisoner swap and everything that's going to be in the future for athletes playing overseas. We've got all that for you in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff in a minute. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new voicemails. coming home en route right now after a prisoner swap that happened and some video of that parole office making its rounds around the internet now and it's dramatic it's uh, uh, a prisoner uh victor boot who was nicknamed the merchant of death who was being held in a prison here in the united states in uh illinois i believe he was facing a 25-year sentence and it's dramatic video of uh, boot and someone else walking on a tarmac and then Brittany Griner and them sort of passing each other into, you know, one person's hugging one person once hugging another on on separate sides, obviously. And it was just very, very dramatic um, to get a sort of handle on everything that we've learned today. We're so pleased to be welcomed by Julie Kliegman, who is a writer for Sports Illustrated, who has been following Brittany Griner's uh situation ever since her arrest in Russia in February Julie thanks so much for joining us today
7: hi thank you for having me excited to be here
3: appreciate it so we were all very surprised that this happened this morning you've been following this a lot more closely were you surprised that Brittany Griner was freed today
7: Uh, yes of course Uh, it was certainly quite a bit of news to wake up to um, the timing, I guess, sort of makes sense if you think about it. It's past the midterm elections, right before the holidays. You could kind of see, you know, why there might be an urgency to get the deal done. Um, but yeah, no, of course it was a surprise.
4: Julie, were you hopeful that this was going to happen at some point? Did you ever think that maybe they never would have been able to get a deal done?
7: Yeah, I, I did have that thought uh, just because earlier it did seem from different reports that Russia wasn't necessarily willing to play ball.
3: And we now know that they were. And, you know, we know that you're following this case very closely. I think the United States had hoped that this was going to be a two-for-one, that Paul Whelan, who has also been in a Russian prison for the last four years, Proloff, we know that he's being held on charge of espionage, which the United States says is baseless. They were hoping for a two-for-one. It did not happen. It was just a one-for-one. Whelan's family has sent out uh, a statement saying they're happy that Brittany Griner is home, and they're hopeful, obviously, that their family member, that Paul, will be home soon. You know, when Brittany's case kind of got you know, connected with Paul, who's also in prison. Uh, Julie, did you think that was better for her, worse, or how did that impact what you were following with Brittany's case?
7: Um, I'm not sure if it was better or worse for her. It, You know, uh, obviously the prospect of a deal became very enticing for those of us, you know, following the case. Um, I, I think, it, you know, I, I thought at the time it was a good thing for Paul because, you know, Brittany Griner is a more well-known name, and, you know, I, I think her predicament brought light to his, to a more general audience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the statement from from his family is just very sad, and, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's also very classy of them to uh, celebrate Griner's safe return. Um, and, yeah, I I hope there's good news ahead for him
4: to Sports Illustrated's Julie Kliegman. Now, talking about Brittany Griner's sort of celebrity status, uh, two-part question. You, do you think that's why Russia, I'm, I will say, it targeted her for this arrest? And do you think that played a huge role in the United States working so hard to make this happen?
7: Yeah, I mean, her star power is huge. She's one of the most prominent players in the WNBA, and she's also a star on... Team USA, giving her that kind of global stage. So I, I do think that influences uh, kind of the White House to put uh, more attention on her predicament, because you have all these people that know her name and influential people, like people in the WNBA and even the NBA, um, who are pushing for her return. And you know the WNBA and to a lesser extent the NBA and other athletes really didn't let her get out of the spotlight even just from twitter posts or to the wnba courts this season or to steph curry like shouting her out at the espies and at the ring ceremony for the warriors um you've seen a whole lot of that and i I think it probably did keep pressure on the biden administration
3: julie we know that wnba players a lot of times have to go overseas to supplement their income. Now, not every country is the same. Uh, obviously nobody's going to Russia now after what happened with Brittany, but have you gotten a sense from other WNBA players about a hesitancy? Maybe, maybe uh, to go to certain countries. Now what happened to Britney?
7: Yeah. So back in April, sports illustrated ran a story by Howard Magdal, a contributor, um, all about the shifting landscape for women's basketball in light of Brittany Griner's detainment. And I think there's so much players are still uncertain about because a lot of them want or need that money from overseas, um, not necessarily from Russia, but those were where a lot of the most lucrative contracts were for players. So they have some really tough decisions to make, um, we're seeing increasingly some other opportunities for them to stay st- stateside, whether that's, uh, you know, Sabrina Ionescu coaching with a college team, whether that's uh, Shanae Ugumake, uh doing media, as I know like Kia Nurse and others are as well. Um, there are also, uh, it was just reported today, 10 players on uh, marketing deals with the league. So, there's also um another basketball league in the US called Athletes Unlimited which is hosting its second season this coming year and while that doesn't pay a lot um there we are seeing alternatives to going overseas and some players like you know superstar Ethan haven't gone overseas in a while anyway so there is this reluctance to be away from your family it feels like an impossible choice for some of these players
4: are talking to Julie Cleveland. You can follow Julie on Twitter at J-M-K-L-I-E-G-M-A-N. Now, I was on a lighter note looking at your Twitter bio, and <laughs> you you have a command in there. You say, talk to me about SpongeBob the Musical. Now, this yeah. is to left <laughs> You're
3: going to take that up literally. Yes.
4: Now, I think I'm <laughs> the only one in this building who has seen SpongeBob the Musical. I took... But I have to tell you, Julie, my five-year-old went out screaming in terror about 15 minutes. It's the most psychedelic,
6: <laughs> oh, <geez>. overproduced,
4: <laughs> crazy. There were lights everywhere, Maggie. SpongeBob, it was as weird as the cartoon the play was. It was wild. And my five-year-old was scarred for life. So, Julie, when you say talk to me about SpongeBob, you're a fan? <laughs>
7: Oh, yes. Huge fan. Um, I really deeply enjoyed the musical on definitely like a kind of psychedelic level. Um, Maybe I should have taken something to prepare for that (laughs) occasion, But I I went in completely sober uh, in all senses of the word. And uh, I was joking to someone just the other day that even though my bio says talk to me about the SpongeBob musical, I more specifically mean talk to me about the Squidward Legs Pants. (laughs) <laughs> and the tap dance that occurs—that <laughs> um, has to be my favorite moment of of the entire musical—is that tap dance with that like absurd like leggy costume.
4: Actually, Julie, I think at that point I was already in the lobby trying to console my child.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, "Well, I'm
7: sorry for you."
3: <laughs> I interview people for a living. I have no follow-ups to that answer. Yeah. I do not know <laughs> what to say. I've never heard of any of this stuff before. I've heard of SpongeBob. But I've oh. never heard of the squid and the pants and all of that. Uh, I
4: do have... <laughs> you sound like Cosby. The squid and the pants. <laughs> yeah, that's problematic,
3: too. Um, I do have one more question for you, Julie. Uh, yeah. if, I, if you don't mind me going back to Brittany Griner. Prologue. Not at all. Um, just what now? Like, she's coming back. She's expected to land at, I believe, an Air Force base in San Antonio either later tonight or... Or tomorrow morning so now what do you think happens to for for Brittany Griner does she just go back playing basketball as normal like what what goes on now
7: yeah I think that's a great question and a lot remains to be seen there I know Commissioner Kathy Engelbert um, said in her press conference that she believes in Texas uh, Griner is going to go through some sort of like repatriation process uh, for lack of a better term And kind of get evaluated and that she knows that WNBA players as well as herself kind of want to see her and talk to her like the moment she's ready for it. Who knows when that'll be? Who knows what, you know, what kind of shape she's in both physically and psychologically? Um, And I think it's important that everyone involved just kind of like give her time to sort herself out with, you know, her wife and her family. Um, but you know, uh, we know that Griner loves playing in the WNBA. Um, and hopefully we will see her back there. If not for the beginning of the season, then hopefully eventually.
3: Julie Kliegman is a writer for Sports Illustrated. Julie, I know you've been following this story for months. Thank you so much for taking time out today to talk with us. We appreciate it. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you both. Appreciate that.
4: Sorry, I totally took a left turn with SpongeBob. Are not you? You're not a sponge for the
3: SpongeBob. fan? I was. Not are you not a SpongeBob fan? Uh, I thought you
4: were right. That was in your wheelhouse.
3: No, I'm. I'm a little too old. I well, just missed it as a as a kid.
4: SpongeBob is, is the
7: last show for kids. It's oh, it for is. Twenty year olds <laughs> who sorry. are high it out is of their like mind. It's Connor.
3: I mean, I'm not presuming that Connor's high out of his mind, but yeah. are you a SpongeBob? SpongeBob
7: person? is a is a children's show, but you can go back and watch it now and still find a lot of the jokes funny. Like, yeah. and they'll put jokes in there that are like almost for adults. Yeah. that the kids don't really pick up on.
6: I mean, have you gone back and watched like any of the Disney princess movies or like any like Disney movies? like they're it's all the same. It's it's basically made for adults, just like kids no. watch it and find Wait, it to be fun too.
3: Disney princess movies no. are made for adults like, actually? Disney movies,
6: no. cartoons, like old well, cartoons. They... Like there's jokes no, for The adults.
3: Simpsons is made for the, for adults no, as a cartoon. But
6: but so what I'm saying is like like you watch any of these like cartoons that you watch as a kid, they they have to be funny for parents also, like it's us watching it's like all the stuff, if you go back there's jokes in there for everybody and like I go back, I'm like, I didn't understand that joke, now I do.
4: Well, no, I would I, I beg to differ a little bit, yes wait till your kid gets a little older and you take in the movies they do put in jokes for the adults yeah. to get so they can not have the worst experience of their life <laughs> at these movies, but Spongebob is nothing like the Disney movies Spongebob is written for 25 year old...
3: Stoners. Stoners
4: yeah. It is the the... The humor is so adult, it's unbelievable. Like, to the point where uh, it's all of us too adult. Yeah, and it's so, it's so, what's the word? It's so out there. Yeah, I can't believe you're not a SpongeBob fan. I would I'm have sorry, thought you I'm huge. not.
3: But I took my kid to a planetarium recently, and I felt like I put him on his first, like, psychedelic trip. I did not mean to do that. I didn't know they were going to do a laser light show to basically the Beatles music. I almost started crying.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exact. that's what happened to me at the play. There's all. The, it's very hard to entertain young children without them ending up crying. It's, it's a small window. It's a tight window throw, as they say in football.
3: <laughs> thought I was going to have a seizure. My kid was loving it, though. Eight five five two one two four 4 cbs Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Okay, coming up, one future Heisman candidate makes a huge decision. We'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this CBS Sports Update with Rich Jackman. Perloff is in, incensed that somehow I don't know about SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, it's well, my fault.
4: Like I, just I, like, 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 I
3: missed, you know, The Godfather or something. At least I'm not LeBron James trying to lie my way through it. I don't know it.
4: I feel like it's in the, maybe I'm totally wrong. It's in the canon of great comedy shows in the history of TV. Like,
3: really? Yeah, like, I think like SpongeBob. Seinfeld and Friends? No, and like, Key more and and like, Peel?
6: more like Simpsons. Hold on, do you and, throw a Key and Peel into that mix? I love, Key, I love Key and Peele, but...
3: Okay, Chappelle's so show. But Spongebob is... A, SNL, what, what do you want to... Well, no, i
4: mean be like... Um, I'm thinking more like uh, Family Guy, Beavis and Butthead, Simpsons. But I think... I don't know where it is. Rick and Morty of, is
6: definitely up there at this point now, too. What show? Rick and Rick Morty. Rick and Morty, yeah. Cheers.
4: <laughs> no, I guess yes, I say Connor, shows. take it
3: back to the '80s. <laughs> yes,
4: yeah, but I think it's among those great, like, kind of far out there, transformative cartoons. It, it had a huge impact. But I saw, I was, I guess my kids were young. I saw an episode. I'm like, oh my god, this is not targeted to six year olds at all. It's just a bunch of wild colors. It's for adults.
3: That's okay. Well, David is calling from California, and Perloff is like, we have to get to David. Hi, David. How are you?
2: How you doing,
6: Maggie?
3: Doing excellent. What do you have on SpongeBob SquarePants?
2: Okay, so I've been a lifetime Indians fan. Okay. And now the the Guardians. Yes. So I was there this summer at Dodger Stadium. I live in LA. Actually, I don't live in LA. I live in San Dimas, California, to be exact. But I'm a lifetime uh, fan of the Indians and the Guardians. Hello.
3: Yep, we got you.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. So, so Oscar Gonzalez, who's an outfielder for the for the Guardians, is a SpongeBob SquarePants fan. <laughs> And every time he comes up to bat in Cleveland, they, they play his song, SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah. So, so I asked him before the game because I got his autograph before the game. I asked him why. He goes, you know what, David, let me tell you why. Because even though you see me big, big and tall, 6'5", and a tough dude, he goes, I'm still a kid at heart, and I love SpongeBob SquarePants. That's my favorite cartoon.
3: Oh, well, there you go. All right. Uh, great. Good... So I wanted
2: to call and add this to, to, to your show today.
3: Good story. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. Got the autograph.
2: Yeah.
4: Guardians
3: outfielders loving SpongeBob SquarePants.
4: I was wondering how that was going to get back to SpongeBob. Yeah. (laughs) SpongeBob definitely hit like a certain age. I thought you might be that age, but there's some like, there are a lot of people who grew up where SpongeBob became their sensibility. Believe it or not.
3: Yeah, I guess not. came out in 1999. I was in high school. I guess I missed it because I was too busy being cool, hanging out with my friends, not home watching cartoons.
6: And if you're
7: yeah, going to well, go back the- and rewatch it, the first 3 seasons, that's peak SpongeBob. And okay. then after that it gets a little bit too overly produced and it kind of goes it what gets watered down. First 3 seasons though, Pure. the best.
3: Yeah. It always happens like that. Everyone gets the stars get too big, everyone wants more yeah. money, holding out for new contracts. Did
6: God just say that it gets overly produced? Like <laughs> a cartoon? How does a cartoon become overly produced?
7: Well, SpongeBob got a huge huge ego. Patrick yeah. wanted more money. It was a big problem. Ah. I know. This for is the same
3: <laughs> it's basically like the, it was the Eagles, oh. you know, the band. Just everyone just broke up.
4: No one's a big show. Ren and Stimpy. I'm yeah, looking at the all that was
3: of... my era.
4: Okay, see, SpongeBob. As a child, SpongeBob is the sequel to Ren and Stimpy. Okay, it's so much Stimpy more like Ren funny. and Stimpy is insane, right?
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: SpongeBob. I'm telling you, is even more Ren insane Ren and
3: Stimpy, and then Animaniacs, which I don't know if that was a short-lived kind of thing, but that was fun. That too one it was like I don't a kid's, know. It was like a kid's sketch comedy show, all cartoons.
4: That
6: sounds amazing. That was, was really a, fun. I yeah. mean Maggie, I'm sure you can still do the the log song.
3: Yeah. It's log. It's log. It's big. It's heavy. It's wood. It's log. Is this it's from anime? it's better than, than bad. bad. It's good.
6: Everybody okay. needs a log. You're yeah. gonna That's love from Ren the and log and stimpy. From WEMO. <laughs> and then powdered toast mania. Ren-, Ren and Stimpy was the it that was it. <laughs> do you guys remember Our I audience
3: is just like you losers. No, our audience what? all
6: watch Ren and Stimpy. I can promise you, like eighty percent of the people who listen to the show right now watch Ren, watch and, Ren Stimpy. and
3: Stimpy. Also, well, I loved Animaniacs because I liked Pinky and the Brain. They also had a funny sketch comedy. It was like three pigeons, but they talk like they were like mafia guys. Um, it was funny.
4: Do you really think people are judging us because we like cartoons?
3: <laughs> You're like,
4: I was too cool in high school. What are you talking about? It's, we're talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. It's a, off. I had a
3: car, okay? I was way yeah, too I cool mean, to sit home all, and watch, watch what cartoons. What a bizarre,
4: humble brag. But uh, one more show. Did you guys ever see Space Ghost? I think you guys are a little dated. No.
3: Uh, saw Space, Ghost.
4: Space Ghost was a show where, for some reason, they took this old 80s cartoon and they repurposed it to interview people. <laughs> To, to uh, be it became,
6: like a late-night comedy show. It became okay.
4: a late-night comedy show. The the Space Ghost with Bob Costas is the best interview I've ever seen about it. Oh, wow. It was genius. <laughs> uh, and then it became Adult Swim. That led to Adult Swim. Oh, got it. Which is an Archer and all that. Uh, yeah. I'm a big cartoon. And BoJack Horseman, another that great, I've great watched. show. That That is very
7: That show
3: funny. is terrific.
7: It is Yeah.
4: Very I think yeah. it's done now, right?
7: I think so, Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, they should animate the Maggie and Perloff show. That'd be super cool. There we go. I, I love animation. I'm such a sucker. Like it takes. Yeah, I would love if. Are there any animators out there listening to us? Just do one segment, of animated.
3: <laughs> this segment.
4: No, no, no. Do like a, a typical football. Oh, Maggie and Perloff breaking Wilson. down the Raiders Rams game. <laughs> Animated.
3: Which, by the way, we're ticking closer and closer to that Raiders Rams game tonight. Still no word on whether it's going to be John Wofford or it's going to be Baker Mayfield. I, I'm assuming this is going to be like one of those on the field.
4: That's what they say. Type of thing
3: like the Trevor Simeon. Debacle from last week with the Bears. No, the no, Giants. no.
4: They the Rams are not playing games like the Bears were. They said we're going to see him running around before the game, and however he looks, we'll decide if he plays. That means he's going to play, which he's is definitely so, going to play. So boring.
3: Well, maybe come Baker, on. Maybe Baker gets into the second half. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Okay, so we have some big news today. Do we have? I know this is Connor's first show. Let's hit it. <laughs>
1: Time to check on the transfer portal. Go ahead and jump in the
3: portal. Okay, we've been now transferred to another dimension in the transfer portal, Perloff. and actually this one today is a near miss in the transfer portal. North Carolina quarterback Drake May has decided he's going to stay at North Carolina. It's the sophomore, excellent season this year, over 4,000 yards passing with a 35 touchdowns. And he has decided he's going to stay, so that takes him out of the running for what we thought could be a possible yeah. Ohio State situation or Oregon.
4: In the history of the sport, has there ever been a situation like this where a sophomore has had to tweet out, "I'm staying"?
3: <laughs> I know. I mean,
4: it's never. Ha- I'm saying he couldn't go to the NFL. It just shows you the transfer portal is everything now. Every single player is open to change anything. Why would Drake May leave? you had the great season. He's a Carolina kid. His yep. brother was a superstar basketball player. The fact that he had to say that, I saw a quote the other day. He said, I have, you know, I have no intention right now of leaving. It meant <laughs> like, hey, what's your NIL offer? This is all NIL. So if somebody in Ohio State had offered him $5 million to come, you think that could have changed his mind? I don't know what happened. But uh, now it's interesting. So now, basically, Ohio State's got to find a quarterback, Maggie. you got to get someone in there for Ryan Day.
3: Well, something tells me they're not going to have any trouble. The other part, what I thought was interesting, though, about Drake May was you know, he can stay in North Carolina and still be if he has a season like he did this year or even better, he can still be a top five pick in the NFL. Like that's not going to hurt him. He yeah. Didn't have to go to Ohio State because like, oh my gosh, you got to we got to see you against like what the Big Ten like that that didn't matter at all. That's why I thought there was no way he was going to leave.
4: Well, I, I think we're talking quadruple the NIL money. That's, that would have been the play. Um, I, I don't know what he's making in North Carolina, but obviously they're much, much more visible programs. So now that, like, a lot of this transfer portal is driven by where you can get the best deal.
3: Well, you just take some of that basketball money and then put it over into the football money. I think,
4: that's, I think it could that's, work like that. Nah, I mean, it's like, that's booster money or whatever. I mean, where are you? Mar- where can you even make an excuse to market Drake May in Chapel Hill, North Carolina?
3: anywhere that you don't think they have car dealerships there they've got every possible option
4: yeah but it's not it's north carolina football it's not north carolina basketball and it's Ohio. we're talking about ohio state we're talking about oregon we're talking about very very visible programs yeah i mean north carolina i'm a you know a big fan of the basketball team but come on, North Carolina football, what have they ever done, Maggie? What have they ever been, even sniffed the national title?
3: I don't think it matters. I watched Daniel Jones get drafted by the New York Giants with the sixth overall pick from Duke. What does it matter? Like, if he plays again, yes, maybe he doesn't make as many millions next year in NIL, but it's all sitting there waiting for him
4: Maybe. draft. I Who knows? I mean, a lot of times, they're guys who look like sure things who don't end up being sure things either. Drake Bay was good. I wouldn't say it was Trevor Lawrence-like.
3: Well, I mean, how many people were Trevor Lawrence? I mean, like they were talking about him and, as...
4: Two and 20 years. That's what I'm saying. I think it is important for Drake May to make some NIL money. You don't, it's like guarantees he's going to be the number one pick. We've seen this so many times where a guy looks great. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be a top five pick, but you know, Maggie, there's so much could happen.
3: Let's go to Rick. He's in Illinois. What's up, Rick?
7: Hey, Mags. How you doing? Doing great. I talked to you guys before about uh, uh, the pillow fighting league. I wanted to check in with oh. Perloff and see... Uh, I heard his uh, wife and him were getting in on a tag team co-ed type uh, thing with that, starting a new division. I also (laughs) wanted to talk about Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, yeah. That is the key top-of-the-line adult cartoon that was out there.
4: Hey, when that came out in the 50s or 60s or 70s, was that at night or was that Saturday morning? When was that show?
2: Uh, That show was on uh, primetime. It was on Saturday mornings. It was on three different networks. It, it went
7: ran for like seven or eight years. It was it, I was mostly in the sixties.
3: Wow, I love that, Rick. Thanks so much for weighing in. When Prof goes when that came out in the sixties, seventies, eighties, did you hear him say that? <laughs> well, I knew it was
4: old. It was the sixties, right? But it, I think that I think they put <laughs> that show on a thirty-year
3: window of when that show could have come out.
4: I think that was the first uh, cartoon that was at night. I'm not sure. So like that's saying something. Well,
3: Rick said it was at night. It was in the morning. It was on yeah, three I didn't networks. Understand, it was everywhere. I,
4: I didn't understand that answer, but. Yeah, so it was really, really written for adults. Uh, But I think it might have been Saturday morning. You know,
3: I'm kind of surprised they haven't rebooted that. They reboot everything.
4: They made that movie with De Niro, right? Oh, boy. Uh, I think De Niro played the bad guy.
3: Sometimes I don't understand some of his choices. Like, you're Robert De Niro. There's no chance you need the money, right? Like, you're set for life 50 times over. Why take some of these movies? Just to work?
4: He actually... He produced the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie in 2000. There you go.
3: Eight because five, he grew
4: up, he was a big fan, like five, this guy.
3: Two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. Okay, one Super Bowl hopeful faces a massive test this weekend. We get to that in just a moment. Don't move, more Maggie and Proloff. Straight ahead.